You're listening to the Empowered Woman, Badass and Unfiltered Podcast, a place for inspiration, empowerment, and personal development. Showcasing badass women from all over the world, giving tips on personal development, mindset, and healing. I'm your host, Olivia, transformational success coach for spiritual female entrepreneurs. Now let's dive into this episode. Welcome back to the Empowered Woman, Badass, and Unfiltered Podcast. Your host, Olivia, here. And this is season nine, the most impactful guest season. And today I have got Dwan Bent Twyfert. And listen, this lady, um, we did a podcast together uh, a little over a year ago. It's called From Denny's to Diamonds. Um <laughs> And so she's, she's really big in real estate. She's done over 2000 flips, um, and real estate investing. And I mean, she, she has, she's such an inspirational person. Um, so definitely if you want some of that inspiration, click the link below, get four of her free eBooks, uh, four, I mean, talk about value, but but you're going to have, you're going to listen in on this conversation or watch this conversation and just see how um, amazing and resilient that Dwan is and why I had to bring her out back. I mean, that, and she has pink and purple hair right now. <laughs> Who doesn't love my hair? <laughs> I I love, oh my goodness. I love that. Like it's, it's so cute. Well, see, it matches my flamingos. These are my, yes. these are my sidekicks. So, I love this is Daisy May and this one's Miss Delilah. And I actually got them hats from like the 1920s, like original hats. So they're like, they're, these are like my OG uh, real estate investors. <laughs> how like, how have you been since we last spoke? Because there's been a lot of stuff going on in your life. You know, when, I, when we did that podcast, I think I was in Florida. Mm -hmm. Was I in Florida? Because we were going to do one and like the uh, AC or something went out. And I was like, girl, listen, we can't do this. I am dying from the heat right now. <laughs> Remember that? Yeah. And then we rescheduled it. Gosh, I was like, I don't even know. That seems like it was 400 years ago with all the things that have been going on since then. But um, some people that follow me or hear this or go look at my, my information, um, my husband went through a bone marrow transplant over the last year. He got diagnosed with a a super rare, weird blood disease that lives inside the bone marrow. And so he had a full bone marrow transplant, stem cell transplant. And so for the last year, we've been living in this crazy medical bubble. And still, I've been podcasting and flipping some houses and taking care of him. And it has been the most unbelievable year I think I could ever even imagine a person would have. Like anybody. <laughs> and guys, like she's on TikTok. So please go check out her TikTok because she'll sh like, she shows so much of like her life. She also gives like some real estate and, um, you know, investing tips too. So like she, <laughs> but you get to know so much yeah. about like who she is and like just the behind the scenes and her like really taking care of her husband during this time. time. And I, I'm just like, man, love. And you know, one of the other things that um that we've connected on is the fact um 
we we're both Christians uh-huh. and um I every time I look at the red letters, you know, very much so in Matthew, very much. There's a lot in, oh, yeah. a lot in Matthew. Um I think about what you said about, you know, it's all in the red letters. Yeah, the truth is in the red letters. Yeah, that's my that's my sign off. That's my slogan is the truth is in the red letters. And, you know, I, I did that. Sorry. I just got my phone hooked back up here in the mountains. And I haven't figured out how to shut this phone off in my office. It's been ringing all week. It's like, what's happening? Um, and I and I so when I started my podcast, I was really trying to think of like, you know, some of these news people have like some sort of a sign off. I thought I want to have it. I want to have like a sign off. Like I want to be like, you know how the news people do. And mm-hmm. remember Walter Cronkite? Well, you you probably don't remember him, but he would say like, I don't know, good night until tomorrow or something. All these people have these sign offs. So I literally prayed for months. I was like, I need a really good sign off. It needs to let people know about God. But it can't be like too corny. Like it needs to be something. And I spent like six months. I was like, Lord, do you need to give me the words? Like give me some words. And then all of a sudden one day I was like, oh. The truth is in the red letters. That's it. It's in the Bible. Boom. And that was it. And I actually didn't even start my podcast. So I got my, so I got my words because it took like two or three months and I just couldn't, I couldn't get like something that I felt would be impactful. And I've had hundreds and hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of people email me or text me a message or direct message and say, Hey, what does that mean? And I was like, Oh, well, what do you think it means? That's what I first say. And they tell me what they think it means. And most people are completely, they have no idea. They really have no idea at all. But shocks me. It's like, how do you not know that? And so I tell them, like, oh, okay. I have to just grab a Bible or get one on your phone that's got the red letters on it. And just read. And read everything in the red letters. And see, see how you feel about things. So I was super excited about it. And I, you know, so every day, everywhere, that's my sign off on everything. Yeah, I truth um, is in the red letters. Because if you don't know and you're going through stuff, read what the red letters in the Bible are. It's everything Jesus said, and I'm telling you, in the last year, I've read them a million times. <laughs> what are um, you know what what are some of the things that even though like, because this is an unprecedented precedented time in your life. Oh, you yeah. know, having to be a caretaker like this it's different than being somebody's mother you didn't birth your husband you know what i mean yeah <laughs> like, i know girl i know i was just like oh my god i there's a couple times you know they 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 have you watch videos and they you have to talk to a counselor three or four times and they sort of explain like you know here's what's going to be happening and you know make sure you have self-care da, 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 and they show you how to clean the pore and this stuff but then when he actually came home and we went into our apartment and I saw all the medication and all the pages of stuff and I'd already and I have this ba- this binder it's like 200 pages in this binder I read like 15 times and I was like okay I got this this will be easy oh my god the first week I I'm just gonna have a heart attack <laughs> it's not easy and there's so much caretaking and I'm really queasy so half the time I was just like what you know trying to clean the port and change it and I'm so queasy and having to just clean everything and like, oh my God. I was like, oh Lord have mercy. You need to give me some strength over here because I am not gonna make it. I'm gonna be like I almost passed out a couple of times. And I don't know, somewhere within like the first two weeks, 
we just got a groove. I was like, okay, here's what we do, and here's how we do. I set all these alarms on my phone for this pill, this pill, this pill, that, that. So my alarm would ring, and oh, it's time to do this and that. And I don't know. We just got into a groove. But it really is unprecedented because, I mean, people take care of people that have cancer all the time. But to have something like a, a bone, a full bone marrow transplant, where you're forced to live in a very small, confined, ultra clean area that you have to clean, like every day, head to toe from the ceilings of the floors and all the caretaking and just all the things that can go wrong. It's really like, I don't know. I wouldn't even wish it on like my very worst enemy. But on the other side of the coin, it was really sweet. And we had a lot of really sweet moments and it was just really intimate and personal, take care of each other, like to that level. And uh, I don't know. It was, it was like weirdly good. And that sounds bad, but you know, he had had the polythysemia, the the precursor to this for eight years, and it really affected our lives a lot negatively because he, if he got wet, like one of the so side effects is just wet, like from sweating, your body itches from head to toe, like every inch of you itches for hours on end. So, so like think about, just think about for eight years you have a husband, and every time he sweats or gets wet. Or you're having sex, he starts itching all over the place. I mean, it was, you know, and like we have a house in Florida and he got to Florida and he'd just be like going crazy. And he was taking every kind of medication to off put that one side effect. And it really affected us a lot over the years. And now he's like, in the shower every day, we're doing the deed all the time. And like all those weird things are completely gone. So it's almost like it was a blessing to be able to be on the other side of it because we got our lives back. For somebody that's listening, that's going through a similar situation, what would you suggest while they're in the trenches? What would you suggest for them? Yeah, I don't know. I, I just know that I made sure every day to take a few minutes every day and just pray or even just walk the hallways at the apartment where we're staying at or sit outside for a minute and just take a minute. And I think, I think for me, the most important thing was I try to find the good in everything instead of being like, and this is what the doctor even specifically said. They said, most people come in here and they're like, Oh my God, I've got cancer. I'm dying. And they're so mentally distraught because that's why half the people don't make it. They're so distraught about everything and he goes, their mindset is so bad. And I and I never one day was like, oh, why is this happening to us? God, like, don't you love us? I never had one day like that. I was like, okay, so now we get this done. Then we're on the other side of it. And then all the other issues he has goes away. And it's like a fresh start. So I think, um, I just think you have to really honestly, like really keep your mindset right. I mean, there was days I cried. And there was a few days where I was just really freaked out, like, looking at all this wall of medicine and just stuff. And I was like, oh my God, what is happening right now? But then I thought, but we're on the other side of it. So I I, I just think your mindset, you know, that's what the doctors told us so many times, like mindset's everything. They said, you're the first people that ever came in here and said, okay, let's get this over with so we can get on the other side. Everybody else is freaking out and crying. Oh my God. And he goes, honestly, they're a mess. I'm like, yeah, but you can't get through stuff being a mess. Yeah. 
there there's a lot of questions I have for you. So I'm gonna just I, mean, I don't I'm, know. I'm, and that may not sound bad. I mean, I, I don't know. I never I never thought he would die or we wouldn't make it. I felt like this would give us our life back, which is weird. But we had the whole eight years prior, which was crazy. And I thought, well, this will give us our life back. Provided, you know, of course he doesn't die. <laughs> so I was like, Lord, do not let this man die on my watch. So I don't know. What have you learned about yourself um, and Bill and, you know, just your, your relationship? Well, so many things. I One thing I do, and this may seem really weird and random. We have a really big house here. We have a 7,000 square foot house. And I, I really love, I love apartment living. I've always loved living in smaller spaces. And one thing I learned about myself is I, I, I don't like having this big giant house. And then some people be like, but you got a 7,000 square foot house in the mountains. And I'm like, it's beautiful. It's worth like a million and a half dollars. It's amazing. And honestly, I like smaller spaces. I, I, and I really realized that living in Denver, it's like, man, Oh, I just really like living in a smaller space. I don't know why. I don't know what that means about my personality. Um, but I I don't like having a big giant so much to take care of. Like I didn't have to take care of anything down there. The maintenance was done, everything was done. If something didn't work, I just call somebody. <laughs> I think I like the freedom of not having to take care of everything. So I like that. And we, uh, I don't know, we watched a lot of movies and we talked a lot and we just had a lot of really good, really like those conversations you have to have in case the person actually dies, where you talk about death and funerals and burials and who gets what, like, you know, we had a lot of those conversations and I don't think a lot of couples have those until they're like faced with it or they think they have time. Cause you know, Bill, we're in our sixties. So we thought, you know, we don't have to deal with this stuff till we're like 90 and so we had a lot of really, I think what people would consider really hard conversations. And I don't know, but they were good. Like we really, really understand everything about whatever we thought we didn't know about the other person. We know now. <laughs> like there, there are no secrets and you live in a space this big for that many months. There are no secrets. Get good at having hard conversations. That's like. I, I think that's a tip too for for pe married people, for people that you know have relationships. They don't necessarily have to have the title. Um, you know, my mom is eighty six years old, and a couple times I've said like, "Hey, you know, where do you want to be buried?" And she just starts crying. I don't want to talk about it. you. Just decide. Like she will literally not have a conversation with me. I'm like, "But mom, just like, what do you want? It doesn't matter." And she just falls apart. And I'm sitting here, I'm like, okay, I got this man. We got three kids. We got grandkids. We've got 20 buildings in a town. We have all this stuff. It's like, we need to talk about stuff. Like, we need to really talk about things. And we had to, you know, sign documents in case he died and change titles to properties. And like, we went through the whole process as if, okay, if you don't make it, these things have to be done first. So it was weird signing power of attorneys and writing out what you want to happen to you when you die and buying a grave plot. And like, we did all that. We did everything so that we wouldn't have to deal with it if the worst case scenario happened because it would all fall on my shoulders then. We talked to our kids, here, here's, here's who gets what. Like we did all of it, everything. And it was very weird, but very comforting knowing 
that everybody knew where we stand, where we stand on everything. Like we even bought matching grape side by side grape plots. Like think about that. It's like okay. I was like, okay, this is a little bit creepy, but you know, you, we had time to plan. But also, when you know where you're going after, yeah, you transition. Yeah, oh yeah. You know, I think oh, that yeah. that does bring a little peace, like. Me personally, with what's going on in the world right now, I'm like, okay, I'm God. Go ahead, go ahead and take me. I'm when ready to pay any more bills. Like, when is that I, rapture? Come on, man! <laughs> <laughs> Every day, I, I'm like, oh man, I'm still here. <laughs> no, I'm just like, I'm just waiting for like somebody to blow off a nuclear bomb or something for it to be like, okay, God, I'm, I'm coming. I'm coming. <laughs> coming. I'm the same way. I'm so Every day, serious. I'm like, oh, still here, rats. No, and I mean, I love the life that I live. You know what I'm saying? And I, I understand, you know, I, I love the relationships that I have, the people I have in it. I'm very grateful. Um, but I'm also not afraid yeah, of, me too. of death. And I think a lot of people are. Um, and, but, you know, saying that, I, I think one thing Bill and I both realize is that we're not afraid of death at all, either one of us. And I don't think you really realize if you're afraid of it or not. So you really are looking like, okay, you're doing this thing that 40% of the people die. So how do we really feel about death? Like, mm -hmm. really? And we're both like, you know what? We're okay. Like, if we're here, we're good. If we're not, we're in heaven. So it really makes you, uh, it makes you evaluate how much faith do you actually have? Like, do you really 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 believe all the way down to your soul or is there a smidge where you're like eh, i'm not 100 sure i 99 believe in jesus but maybe there's a piece of me that doesn't you gotta really think about that because it's like okay well how do we really feel because this is now a reality that in the next six months you know something tragic can happen and you could be on life support or something could happen to me like anything could happen and so I think it was kind of good to, um, I think to have those conversations because people all the time say, oh, I'm not afraid to die. It's like, yeah, but are you really not afraid for sure? Are you a hundred million percent sure where you're going? Because we were faced with like, these are the things and under these conditions, like the plug gets pulled, like all this stuff, you know? So so it was weird because I was like, you know what? I feel a hundred million percent confident. And I think that gave both of us a lot of peace that we're like, you know, if it happens and if it doesn't, I could get hit by a bus, taking you to the hospital so that you're a doctor's appointment and we're okay with it. So I really realized like, I'm really okay with it, which I think I always thought, but I was never really faced with the fact of, okay, this is in front of you right now. Yeah. So it kind of gave you like, I don't know, it gives you like a sense of freedom. But you know, isn't that weird? But it does. It's almost like it gave us freedom. Yeah, because you don't have that fear, you mm. know. Um, what was some of like your favorite scriptures that you had while you were going through the this process? Well, I think what ended up becoming one of my favorite, um, uh, I think it is it Ecclesiastes three. Um, let's see here. I think it's Ecclesiastes 3. It talks about the seasons. 
Oh, I can't see. I think it's, I don't know. I can't read my Bible. Anyway, I think it's Ecclesiastes 3. It says there's a time for everything, a season for this, a season for that. Uh, is that the right one? Yeah. I am not and, that Christian. Like I, I literally, I like I'm, I'm. I feel like I'm still like such a when it comes to knowing which verse it is. Like, I just, I'm not. I don't there. Know. Let me see Ecclesiastes. I gotta find this really quick. Why are we on the phone? Ecclesiastes three. Okay, so I'll read it to you. Oh, hold on. Let me find. And diverse. So we'll do we'll do a quick Bible study. I'll read Ecclesiastes <laughs> three. I have to make sure that's the right one. I read it a bunch of times, but then I'm like, is it three? Which one is it? So anyway, it's uh, um, Ecclesiastes three. Okay. So oh, my phone. There it is. Okay. So this is Ecclesiastes three. <clears throat> this so uh, in the Bible, this says that there's a time for everything. So there's that song by the song the songbirds. There, it uh like a '60s song. There's this uh, time, time. I, I don't know. I don't know. Anyway, it says there's a time for everything and a season for every activity under the heavens. The time to be born, a time to die, a time to plant, and a time to uproot, time to kill, and a time to heal, a time to tear down, and a time to build, a time to weep, and a time to laugh. A time to mourn, time to dance, a time to scatter stones, a time to gather, a time to embrace and a time to refrain from embracing, a time to search and a time to give up, a time to keep and a time to throw away, a time to tear, a time to mend, and a time to be silent and a time to speak, a time to love and a time to hate, and a time for war and a time for peace. And I don't know, I read this like 4,000 times because it talks about that everything we do is a season. Yeah. So I thought, okay, well, this is a season. This doesn't mean this is forever because there's a time for every single thing under the sun. And, and it says like, you know, God made everything beautiful in his time. Like there's a time for everything. So I thought, okay, so this is my season to take care of my husband and talk about the things and learn about stuff and, you know, read and do things I don't take a lot of time to do and so I think I, instead of looking at it like oh my god I have this terrible thing I was like it's a season yeah. and it'll go away now it'll go away in a good way or it'll go away in a bad way hoping for the best but I don't know I, I read that verse a lot I even did a couple podcasts on it I did a couple bible studies on it and I think I even talked about it on TikTok a few times because I think if people would would not compartmentalize but but recognize more that uh, whatever they're going through, good or bad, it's a season. If it's really great, it's still only going to be a season. Nobody has great every day of their life from point A to point B. And if things are bad, it's still a season. So what's it going to look like on the other side of the season? So my mind was more like, okay, so when he gets through this, what's it look like on the other side for us? How is life after this? And I don't know. It gave me a lot of like comfort knowing that God just says there's this time for everything. I mean, well, this is our time for this. And hopefully we never have to do it again. And we both just like die in our sleep. <laughs> really easy and peaceful. But if we don't, whatever it is, it's still just a time. So I think that might have been one of my biggest takeaways is that I think when you're in something, it's all encompassing. And you feel like it's going to last forever. And, and you feel like it's never going to go away. 
And I, because I felt that way, like when I went through my first divorce and I was like, oh my gosh, I lost my house, my husband, my car. I was like, this is awful. And at that time, I wasn't really going back to church much. And I was just like, I thought, oh, my life is ruined forever. And now I'm like, okay, well, this is a season. I just hope it doesn't last too long. Yeah. Going through the wilderness, the wilderness is like the worst, like going through it. Like, and I... So and bad. you can try to be as positive <laughs> as you want to. You can be, you know, yeah. and you can, but like, you got to just admit like, okay, there, there's a season to mourn. There's a season to, to, to heal and to, to go through what you go through. There's yeah. just these seasons, just like the winter. I'm not a fan of the winter. I like the fall. I'm I like- not either. It's snow today <laughs> for the first time. It's like, oh, it's snowing. <laughs> yeah, I um. But at the same time, like the, if we just look at how it, it's in a constant change, the world yeah. is constantly changing and we get so stuck in the now thinking it'll be forever. And Especially when it's negative. Yes, when it's negative, because when it's good, like it's either we think something bad's going to happen to us. So we don't enjoy that goodness that we're in. Yeah. Yeah. Or we think that it's always going to be this way. And it's going to always be this way. That, that's a delusion. I'm make a million dollars every month. It's great. Woo, it's always going to be great. You're right. So you're in the good. You just expect it never to end. And when you're in the bad, you think it's never going to end. And um, yeah, and I feel like probably out of, if I had like my giant biggest takeaway, it would just be about the conversations and the talking and really truly understanding that everything is temporary, the good and the bad. Now you can have like good, like, you know, intertwined most of your life, but things are going to happen. People are going to die. Things are going to happen. People get into foreclosure. They get into bankruptcy. People get into car accidents. People get can't like stuff happens, you know? And I think when, and I know, like you were saying, when people are in a negative season, you do feel like it's, when's it going to end? And we want to hurry up and get it over with. But I feel like the lessons are there. People miss the lessons when they're in the valley. But actually, all the good lessons are in the valley, not at the top of the mountain. Yeah. It's one thing to be positive when everything's going right. It's one thing to, you know, um, have hope and stuff like that when when the lights are on, you know, and faith when, you know, you got a promotion or something like that. But exactly. But when you're you're struggling to pay the bills or when, you know, you, um, you know, and it's not like you're not trying or whatever, but, you know, and there's a lot of people dealing with a lot of different things in this country right now. So and, much. Um, and COVID's it, been going on forever. It's like, oh, my God, when is COVID going to be? Like, well, well now I'm, I'm more concerned about the economic downturn that we're going to see. We've already, oh, we're already starting to see it, but we're yeah, really yeah. going to see it. Um and I'm not a doomsday person whatsoever, but I think that really for me in my, in my season, my Valley, I learned the importance of leaning on God and yeah. um, really learning those lessons, learning about myself, learning that I yeah. will get through this. Also understanding that it's just a season. And uh, I felt like the season I was going through was a season of sacrifice and a season of uh doing without and stuff. And, and that, mm-hmm. that was hard for me. Um, yeah. but, but then I learned, you know what? I need to work on my contentment. That's one thing I really need to work yes. on. Yes, <laughs> I worked on that too. I'm glad you said that because 
we were in a small, like a 900 square foot apartment. And he, and for like six months, we were only allowed to go to the hospital and back. No place. We still, we still can't even go eat in restaurants yet because it's in the system. And a couple in the beginning, I was like, oh my God, how am I going to live in this space? And I, you know, which counter does what I said about living in smaller spaces. But it was like, there was no place for me to go either. I can't go to the mall and be around people and bring a germ back. And I was like, you know what? I just need to be happy in this space and make this space work and make it a happy place. And, and it's a hotel. It was like a hotel that we stayed at. And I just did little things. Like I bought some pictures and I bought some, a little furniture and I made it like cute and homey. And I had to learn, like, I can't, I can't rush the process. I can't make Bill get better faster. I have to be content. And if it takes two years, I have to be okay with that because I can't force him to get better faster. Your body only heals at the rate at which it heals. And so I did learn that. So I'm glad you said that because I was trying to think, well, what did I learn? And, and, you know, the weird thing is, is I don't even, looking back now, now we still have like a year to go. He's a long way from, I'm 100% because, you know, his immune system is still, so right now he is like the boy in the bubble. <laughs> so, and he's still like that. Um, so we still don't go into restaurants. We'll go to movies. We don't have a lot of people around us. Like he's still some of that. But the, the big issue was for the bone marrow not to reject the the new bone marrow, which which was perfect. But we're still in it. Um, and so I don't know. I think looking over the last year, I don't even feel like we were in a valley. And I know that sounds really weird because it was so scary and it was so death defying. But we both had a lot of faith and trust in each other to take care of each other. I trusted God to take care of him. And I felt like it was actually a good time in our marriage. It was like this really great little tiny bubble. And just the two of us were in it the whole time. So I know, I know it was terrible and awful. But it it's not like a memory I look back and go, oh, God, that was horrible. I mean, it was scary. It was scary, but it wasn't horrible. I had a similar sense? situation in my life like that because of how my mindset was, mm-hmm. you know, and, a, and perspective is so important. So, um, when we lost everything in our hurricane and we were living in Airbnbs and um, hotels and stuff like that, I had so much gratitude because we had, you know, it was paid for. We had food. I got to try all these places. I got to just do so much. I got to make a life that I wanted in Atlanta for like three and a half months because I wasn't going to be able to ever like live there until my husband's out of the military because there's not like a base in Atlanta. Yeah. And so like I, I, when I even look back on those memories of like, okay, yeah, I was technically homeless for five months until we closed on this house, but it was one of the most happy times yeah. of our life, even though we were going driving back and forth from Florida to Georgia, then to Missouri, and I mean, Illinois, and all of these tra- like travels and stuff like that. But it was really how we looked at it and how much gratitude we had. And, you know, you, you deal with what you got, you know, you, yes. you, you acknowledge where you are, you make the best of it. Yes. And you keep it pushing. It's only temporary. Yeah. Yeah. And... I feel you. I, I could not agree more because they, we didn't have any off. The other option was not to do it. And then Bill would 
slowly die over like a two-year period. I was like, well, I'm definitely not going to watch you just choke out. So we're just going to go for it. And if you die, you die. And if you don't, you're still going to die in a couple of years. But it'd be awful. And I don't know. We found, I guess that's a lot of it. Like you said, like we found contentment there. We like we knew this is it. This is these are the cards in front of us. This is the hand we were dealt today. And we can't change it. So we can be happy and deal with it and get along and make the best. Or we can just be super miserable and crying. Oh, what just happened to me? But it's not going to change the time period. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah. I, I like that you said, you know, you can't rush the process. No, no, you can't. And so I, uh, and it's funny because Bill and I are always those people like, Lord, give us patience right now. So we always struggle with patience because we're really like really go-getters and we don't like things that take a long time. And so I remember thinking like, well, we're, we're both going to learn the lesson of patience together, apparently, because there was no option, you know? And so we, we, and even like now he's like, man, I wish I thought, but I'm like, Hey, can't speak. He's like, yeah, that's it. So mentally we just said, okay, this is one year to get to the end of the first phase. And then, you know, you have to keep checking on things. I'm like, so we're still in the one year mark. I was like, this is how long it takes. This is what it is. We just had to hang out and go with the flow and see what happens. And and so we we both definitely learned patience because you can't you can't make it go faster. And when people are in a time period, whatever it is, health issue, going through a divorce, death of somebody, like you can't just make it go faster. You have to just stay in that moment until it's time to be into the next moment. Yeah. Oh, man. I definitely learned that because I'm the kind of person like, hey, I've had a podcast out for three weeks. Why is it not number one? You know, because <laughs> I think that way. I was like, I had my podcast. I was like, I've had this thing for six months and it's not number one yet. Why is it taking so long? Like, that's how I think. And I'm like, okay, well, there's like, you know, 40 million of them. So maybe that's there's, why. There's so many of us out here. I'm I, I wondering the same thing. Like, um, why? <laughs> I know. So like, that's how I think. I remember even complaining to Bill a couple of years. I was like, I've been doing this for six months. He's like, listen to you. What is wrong with you? Because you know it takes time. I'm like, I know. But I should have the number one show by this time. Like, how long is this going to take? And then, you know, because I we just like things to be done quicker. And then when all this stuff with Bill came up, I was like, okay, well, I, I can't rush it. I can't rush the podcast process. I can't rush the process. I can't rush it. So we're just going to be in it. So we were just in it together. You know, that was the thing. We were in it together. So we're just like Team Twyford, but like really in it together. So I don't know. It's weird. It's, I don't even look back like then. It was, I mean, I know it was a lot what Bill went through and he went through a lot. I mean, oh my God, that man's poor body's like, whew. He had havoc wreaked on him, but, you know, he didn't have any side effects on the chemo. He didn't have any side effects on the uh, stem cell or the bone marrow transplant. He was never sick and throwing up. Like, he didn't have any of that. I said, that's because you got all kinds of people praying and praying and praying. And we just, like, prayed that off. Like, Lord, we're not going to have that. We're not let these demons are not coming in here making us sick. We're not having none of that. We're just going to rock through this until we get to the other side of it. Yeah, there's so much power in prayer. My mom has cancer right now. And um, I like, I put up a post and I've, I've got, you know, cause I'm, I don't live, she lives in South Carolina. I live on in Illinois uh -huh. and um, 
she's like, you know, thank you for your prayers. I feel them. And cause yeah. she's not, she's not a Christian, but she'll, she'll go to church with me and she'll like, she's just, she's spiritual. She's yep. just, she's got a lot of church hurt and all this. And, and you know what? I'm not going, I'm not, I'm going to just, I'm, I'm going to still be me. Right. So yeah, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I will pray for you, mom too. I'm sorry to hear that. But it's, but she's handling it so well. She has a really good mindset. She's yeah. very, very um, grateful. And, yeah. you know, it's, it's just a season. Like I'm having my baby shower in December and I'm like so annoyed that she won't be able to be there because she can't be around people. <laughs> but I'm like, you know what? Like I got over, like I got over that, like in the, in the first initial, I'm like, this is what really bothers me. But what can I do about it? I'm like, I'll, I'll put a table up, you know, you know, having people have a picture of like her there and uh -huh. just to be like, you know, write a nice note for my mom. Um, uh -huh. as she's going through this, you know, battle, she really wishes she could be here, um, you know, send prayers. And I think that's just what I'm going to do. Cause I don't want to zoom my mom. in. I don't like that. I don't like to watch. No, I know. I don't like to watch award shows because I don't want to like watch a party that I wasn't invited to. I've been like that <laughs> since I was a teenager. Like ah, that's I funny. Just, I've not... never heard me say it like that. <laughs> I have no interest. Like <laughs> it's true though, because you're like, oh, I want to be there. Like everybody's there. Dressed up, looking all this, and I'm sitting here in my house just that's watching funny. these people. Like, I'm good. I'm good. So I don't and for something like that that I know she would want to be at, it's not like it could truly be interactive with it being on zoom she just has to watch in like i just i don't know that's too weird and for her I, I i mean i don't know her at all but i feel like if i was watching something like that i would i would just wish i was there so bad I, I i don't think i would enjoy it and i feel like from your point of view you'd not enjoy it as much knowing she's just watching and wishing she was there too yeah but i would love for people to just like write her nice notes and be able to send that off to her and mm -hmm. let her know like hey you know you were thought about you know, and take some pictures with it, like with yeah. the picture of her. And then, and then just in that, she, she, this, and this is going to come up out after my, my baby shower. So she's not going to know that I'm doing all of this, but like, you know, I think that's more thoughtful than. Yes. That's sweet. It's very sweet. But. Yeah, we have little videos for her and put together some stuff and. Yeah. Well, I hope she gets uh, cured. I hope she gets cured. Oh, she will. She will. Um, it's and saved in the meantime. <laughs> That's it. Hey, I'm gonna pray with you. I stand in prayer with you. Then get your mama saved. Yeah, yeah. But and um, have her read that Ecclesiastes verse and say, "Hey, you know, mom," and just like print it out for her, mm -hmm. and just maybe print. I mean, I don't know. I'm just like maybe like print it out and frame it and send it to her and say, "Hey, I just want you to think about this. You know that you know." God says every single thing has a season and this is just your season. This is not forever. And maybe she would read that. It gave me a lot of comfort reading it. Just really realizing that this is a season. This is not the rest of my life. And who knows? She might just start reading that and go, oh, yeah, I wonder what else is. I wonder what else is out there in that yeah. Bible. Yeah. But I get the church. I get the whole thing. I, I was raised she was crazy born Southern Baptist grandparents i was like what the hell's wrong with all of you people <laughs> yeah she's born catholic and grew up in new york and it, 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 there's just a lot but anyway anyway i'm gonna let you go Dwan. i appreciate your time i appreciate your energy i you know what this is such a good podcast for someone that is going through 
the wilderness, going in the valley, how they should look at this situation that they're going to uh-huh. through, knowing that it's only temporary, understanding yeah. that, you know, you got to do the best with what you got. And um, really have those tough conversations, have those um, those moments to also laugh and find joy in the every because you you found a lot of joy y'all i'm telling you go look her up on tiktok i started doing those tiktoks i was like because you know i i I had like a weird amount of free time because he was asleep a lot but i had to like wake him up take pills wake him up eat wake him up so there's a lot of caretaking there's a lot of sleeping so then i started doing tiktoks i'm like i'm gonna do tiktok and i started doing tiktoks about just cleaning in the room and interviewing him when he was asleep and i'd be like oh my god i just made myself laugh (laughs) <laughs> he'd be like, all right, what'd you put up on TikTok today? I was like, oh, here, watch these videos. So half the time, he didn't even know what I was doing. But I thought, you know, you you got to have some sort of fun or some outlet or something to, to make a tragic situation not seem so tragic. Yeah. And you've, I mean, you've grown your TikTok. You've got a couple thousand followers. I have a few. Yeah. I haven't even done it for the last month because we were getting ready to move and get back here. So I just started back up this week and yeah, so I grew a couple of thousand. Oh, I got a little follower. People like my TikToks and, (laughs) and you know, I just, I don't know. I I just, I, I guess my dad has always said like make the best out of a bad situation. And I was those sayings like, you know, life gives you lemons, make lemonade, like all those things that you hear, but it's actually really true. When you're in a season that is, you want to be in I don't think we should hurry to the other side I think we should learn the lessons that are there because it's like if you go around the mountain and you don't learn God will just send you back around the mountain yep you won't keep going you go it's like I've been around a couple mountains like 800 times it's like what am I going to learn and stop going around this stupid mountain uh-huh and people Ooh. don't realize that it's like if you fail this time you'll just get to take this test over <laughs> so it's like I was like okay Lord I do not want to take this test over so I am going to be happy on my situation I'm going to be content I'm going to be prayerful I'm going to take it serious I'm going to have fun I'm not I don't want to go around this mountain again so I, I look at life more like that and I'm like okay I definitely don't want to take this trip again mm, <laughs> so that's a good and one. that's it and, and I've always always I mean, up until like the last decade, I've always just tried to hurry and get to the other side of something that I didn't like. And now I'm just like, no, there's lessons here. And plus when I hurry, I have to take the test again. So it's like, okay, I'm in my sixties. I'm like, Lord, I feel like I'm really good right now. Like I don't need any more tests for a while. Like I feel really good right now. So like, let's just, you know, let's just back off on the test taking. (laughs) Let's just hang out right here. So, yeah, so I, I definitely learned that too. It's like, I definitely do not want to go around this mountain again. Yeah. I, I, well, I pray that you have a season of rest. Oof. I know. Me too. To health issues, you know, because I know you're going to stay busy working. You're going to stay like, I don't imagine you ever retiring. Um, yeah. <laughs> but no, I, I know I have to stay busy and have fun. But yeah, it's been just really crazy. Like, even in the last, eight years since his heart attack. Like I was diagnosed with rheumatoid arthritis. I had to have a parathyroid surgery. Like all these things happen. I was like, man, we're in like some crazy, like we got to get on the other side of our health here. So I feel like now we're kind of, you know, we're on the other side. It's like, eh, it's been like, you know, five, six years there, like crazy, crazy on both for both of us. I was like, okay, so now we're just going to enjoy that bomb and put that behind us. And we're going to be on the healthy path for, you know, forever until 
the next mountain <laughs> comes around. Hey, yeah. <laughs> and then and then you'll get your new body when you go to heaven. But anyway, thank you. Thank you so much for joining me. Hey, thank so you for having me on. You. I'm so excited to be on as like a favorite guest. I was so excited this whole week to talk to you. Yeah, and me too. Some pictures of your baby shower. I want to see what's happening. I will. I will. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Empowered Woman Badass and Unfiltered Podcast. If you found any value in this, please consider sharing and subscribing. Now go out and be a badass.